Well, today we start a new series called Tackling Today's Tensions. And so, how do you create tension? I'll tell you tomorrow. Right? Tensions occur when something is stretched, either physically or emotionally. Pulling forces directly opposing each other. Tensions are part of everyday life. We see it in areas such as parenting, right? How much do we parent our kids and how much do we release them to grow towards responsibility to be mature? Now I say mature because we know that age does not automatically equal maturity, right? I think we all know 30, 40, 50, and 60-year-olds that are still running around acting like kids, right? So today I want to start our series off tackling today's tensions by looking at government control versus God control. Who do we follow? As Christ followers, are we to be controlled by the government or by God? Now, as we begin, a question we need to pose is this. Is government control and God control totally separate, like Coke and Pepsi or Ford and Chevy? Or do they intersect, like Coke and Pepsi are both soft drinks or Ford and Chevy are auto dealers? So when it comes to government control and God control, both are about rulership. So to walk through this, let's start out with God control versus government control. Now, to govern means to exercise authority, oversight, or to conduct affairs. And so as Christ followers, we look at it from this starting point. God is ruler, and in the beginning created the heavens and the earth. God created us in his image to rule as well. But to what extent are we to rule? In Genesis 1:26 through 28, he talks about how we have been given rule over the animal life, the fish life, the plant life, but not over human life and the creator's life. It's limited. We see in Genesis 2, God is still in control, and he sets up boundaries for men and women and how they are to live. In Genesis 2, 16 and 17, it says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. But we see in Genesis 3, man and woman reject God's boundaries, his rulership, and eat from the tree, believing in the lie of the devil that they themselves could now know everything, become their own God, and rule. As tragic as this event was in history, it did not change rulership. The fact that my children disobeyed me did not automatically make them the parent or make them in charge. It's the same when we choose to disobey God. God is still God, still the creator 
uppercase ruler over heaven and earth. And we are still the created, men and women, lowercase ruler over the animals, plant life, and the fish. So God is sovereign over all, meaning he is the supreme ruler. He is omniscient, all-knowing, omnipotent, all-powerful, omnipresent, all-present. But in this position, he has granted men and women a certain level of governing control. So let's look secondly at government control versus God control. In Romans 13, 1 through 7, Paul addresses government control and God control. I'm just going to read Romans 13, 1. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. We see God is in control, yet he sets up human control. Now, at first reading, this is an extremely interesting statement, for it appears to suggest absolute obedience on our part as a Christian to civil powers. We see this in other areas of Scripture. In Titus 3, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient. 1 Peter 2, 13 through 17, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him. It's interesting when we go back to the Old Testament in Jeremiah 29 verse 7, the Israelites are carried away and they're held captive by the Babylonians and they are ruling over them. But yet, this is what God says of their governing rule. He says to the Jews, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city I carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if they prosper, you will prosper. I mean, this was unprecedented and a unique concept in the ancient world. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was like an oxymoron. No one ever prayed for their captors, ever. But this is how God works. Through these scriptures, we get this picture that over governmental control, there is still God control, his sovereignty in place. Although he allows a level of governmental rulership. Tertullian is known in church history as the father of Latin theology. He was a lawyer in Rome where he was converted to Christianity in AD 185. He was impacted by the testimonies of the Christians that were grossly martyred in the arenas and the coliseums of his day. Most of his writing was in defense of Christianity and persecution. But even in his writings, he said this of the rulership of the day. Without ceasing for all our emperors, we offer prayer. We pray for life prolonged, for security to the empire, for protection for the empirical house, 
for brave armies, a faithful senate, a virtuous people. He goes on to say this, the Christian cannot but look up to the emperor because he is called by our Lord to his office. This was a consistent teaching of the Christian church that obedience must be given to and prayers made for the governing civil powers. Even in times when the power is, as Swedes would say, oofta, right? I mean, it's like, ugh, we don't agree with them. Because even though there was governing control, ultimately we recognized and they recognized that there still was God control. Listen to Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it to wherever he wishes. Hear what Jesus says to Pilate in John chapter 19, 10 and 11. Then Pilate said to him, Jesus, are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? Jesus answered, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. So let's think for a bit on what government control under God's control accomplishes for us. You see, Paul is writing here in Romans 13 about civil disobedience because it was a big deal during his day. Jews were notoriously rebellious, and there were the zealots who only followed God. Their aim was to be against and disrupt any form of civil government. Matter of fact, if a fellow Jew would basically give any tribute to Rome, the zealots would tear down their home, burn their crop, and kill their family. I mean, there was chaos going on. A little bit of what we experienced, obviously, in the Twin Cities and throughout the nation still during these days. And beyond the Apostle Paul's initial situation that he was writing about, he may have had other thoughts on how Christians and the state need one another. Think about it. None of us can fully disassociate from society to which we live in. As a part of it, we enjoy benefits that individually we could not create. Think about the infrastructures of cities, roads to every place you want to travel, laws on those roads to make sure that we safely get there, right? How about sanitation regulations, laws that determine water quality, food quality, health care, first responders, police, fire. These are things that we cannot individually on our own create. Hey, if you want to go fishing up in the boundary waters or camping, are you going to create your own road individually to get there? No, we're limited. These are a few of the things we just can't produce on our own individually. You know, it's interesting that we're okay with unemployment law and $600 extra a week. Regulations about global trade and making sure American products get the value they deserve around the world. 
health care for all, hurricane, tornado, fire, flood relief to our communities, National Guard protection when we need it, Social Security retirement. But when asked to wear, here's where it gets a little tough, a piece of cloth with elastic, okay, over our face at different times right now, we may claim that we are being controlled by the government. So let's look at our response to this. We have looked at God control versus government control, that God is sovereign. We've looked at government control versus God control, that, hey, God has given government a certain level of rulership. But let's go a step further and look at when do we step into times of what I will call our control versus God control, basically civil disobedience. The Bible teaches that our first and highest duty is to obey God. When human laws run contrary to God's laws, civil disobedience is warranted. In the Old Testament, Daniel 3, King Nebuchadnezzar sets up this 90-foot statue, and he says to the community as a whole, when you hear the music over the city, you must bow down and worship this idol, this false god. If you do not, you'll be thrown into the fiery furnace. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego do not, and they exercise civil disobedience. When Jewish leaders forbid the disciples from speaking about the resurrected Jesus in Acts 5.29, it says Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than man. So when is it do we apply civil disobedience? It seems to me when governmental control moves to not allowing God control in my life. So let's take the current tension, right? The mask. People are saying the government is controlling me because I have to wear a mask. Controlling the church because of executive order protocol that we must put in place. But overall, are we to the point where purely the government is controlling us over God control. Let's walk it through. I mean, number one, as Christ followers, we recognize by Scripture that God is still overall and in control. The mask, or government, does not restrict us yet from believing in Jesus, owning a Bible, reading a Bible, taking a Bible in public, giving someone a Bible, attending public worship, telling people about Jesus, playing Christian music out of our golf cart, which I did Wednesday, and out of our convertible, which I've done every day in the summer, right? By requiring a mask, is it this downward spiral towards greater government control? Possibly. But could a mask mandate simply be for the protection of the whole? as well as the individual. During World War II, there was the mandate to black out towns, to decrease the casualties of civilians by planes dropping bombs on lighted cities. When you hear the siren, turn off your lights. Although annoying and not perfect, 
It was for the good of the whole city, of all the people. A form of love your neighbor as yourself as you turn off your lights. Could it be that the mask mandate needs to be in place at this time for the good of the whole? Otherwise, we're back to Judges 21, 25 in the Old Testament where it says, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Today, there are many tensions in our communities, our nation, and our world that can be discussed. And we'll be looking at other tensions over this next month. But we need to remember as God followers, we are under government control as government control is under God control. William Barclay says this from his commentary. Ideally, men should be bound together by Christian love, but they are not. And the cement which keeps them together is the state. Paul saw in the state an instrument in the hand of God, preserving the world from chaos. So can we step out from government control? Yes. But we have to be discerning on when. So I hope I gave you some information this morning to think about. You know, in closing, when it comes to tackling today's tensions, because we are Christ followers, even in the tensions of today, we can have peace. Jesus said in John 16, 33, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. So as Christ followers, we should have peace greater than the world's, not based on our ability, but based on our position, relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Father God, when it comes to tensions, I pray that we would come before you, your word, and that ultimately we would recognize that on a daily basis, you are a God of ultimate control. You raise up nations and then you move them along. You put in leaders and then you breathe on them and they are replaced. And ultimately we recognize that you have a plan and that you are sovereign. And so give us wisdom as we follow you and as you call us to follow those who govern over us. In your holy name, amen.